0: Yo, welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. And today I'm joined by, I think, is this your podcast debut, Dave Dufour? Um, uh, not, or have I you mean, been on here once before? I think I'm I've been sure. on here once before. Who knows? Okay, I think you're, I think you're right.
1: It's just another it, it's, it's podcast. It's been too long. Just another podcast uh, on my world tour, pretty much. I'm trying <laughs> to do every podcast. That's the goal. Well, Dave is on
0: basically every podcast on the Athletic Network. Um, (laughs) And uh, specifically, though, you do have a Nuggets podcast, which is why this conversation is especially relevant. Um, Yeah. But
1: Kendra uh, Kendra and I do the Rainbow Skyline podcast. Very good podcast. Shout out Rainbow Skyline. Uh, We we did the crossover
0: pod preview. Mm -hmm. Um, So Clippers won game three, 113 to 107. Uh, On the Clippers side of things, Paul George for the second straight game was their leading scorer with 32 points. Kawhi Leonard had 23 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks. Lou Williams had a semi-quiet night with with 10 points on 4 of 11 shooting but had a couple clutch baskets. Uh, On Denver side of things, Nikola Jokic uh, continues to to me to be the best player in this series, had 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, Jamal Murray had 14 points and 9 assists. The Nuggets are now zero and four when Jamal scores under 15 in the playoffs. Uh, Where do you want to start with this? Because I think for me, um, you know, the the Clippers defense, I guess the last five, six minutes of this really was what swung the game and and won it for them. Uh, But for the first 40, 41 minutes of this game, Denver looked like the better team and, and looked like they were about to win this.
1: I mean, did they though? That's the question. Well, because I I still, yeah, they look like the better team that was actually on the basketball court, but only because too often the Clippers just seem indifferent. Yes,
0: correct, correct.
1: So when those guys show up to play, it looks like the last you know four to five minutes of this game where (laughs) the Clippers dominated, and and this isn't because the Nuggets are an awful basketball team; it's because the Clippers have so much talent. They just have this weird chemistry that prevents them from really wanting to care whether they win or not. Maybe they're all really good friends off the court and they just can't wait to go hang out and that's all they can think about. But they don't play basketball like a team that is just bound and determined to win every game.
0: And I think that's a good distinction that you just brought up because obviously the Clippers are the better team. They have more talent. There's a reason why they're the heavy favorite in this series. But I did feel like, You know, Game Three in some ways was a replica of Game Two. Um, You know, there there were some differences. I I thought the Clippers moved the ball around the perimeter much better. Uh, I thought they were more ready for the the double teams and the loading up on Kawhi. But um, you know, still it was just Nuggets beating them to loose balls. Nuggets crashing the offensive glass. Nuggets getting um, you know several uh, full court you know passes that that led to dunks or layups or fouls. Um, and it just felt like the Clippers weren't taking like there just wasn't that sense of urgency until the last seven minutes or so. And, um, you know, w- with eight and a half minutes left, this was a seven point game. You know, Nuggets up 97-90. From that point, the Clippers outscored them 23-10 to to close the game. And that was the difference. But, um, you know, I-, I do think they're playing with fire, though. And that's that's kind of my thing. Like, I, I walk away from this with, OK, the result worked. You guys kind of hung around for the first 40 minutes and were able to flip the switch for the last eight. But that's not going to work against the Lakers. That That's not going to work against whoever comes out of the East. Like, I, I just, I don't think that's sustainable. And I think my biggest concern with this team, despite this victory, is they have yet to put together a consistent two, three, four games in the bubble. It, it's been very win one, lose one, win two, lose one. Like, they have not showed the dominance that you would expect from this team up to this point. Um, And, you know, they have their excuses. Guys have been in and out of the lineup. Guys have load managed, um, you know, this and that. But it it is concerning to me that at this point, there are still these concerns with this team.
1: I I agree. They, They played 11 guys in this game tonight. And part of that is Zubac fouled out. But still, played 11 guys. This was a close game till the end. Kawhi was on the court at the end of the game. This was not like a blowout in January where Doc can play 80 guys, 11 guys in a playoff game. I don't get it. I think it's time to shorten the rotation and make these guys start to feel some of the pressure of these games. And and
0: so uh, a couple things on that. Uh, Pat Bev is still on a minutes restriction. That's good. So so I
1: forgot about that,
0: but still. So yeah, so Doc Doc said today he was going to play about 18 to 20 minutes. He ended up playing 21 um, he has cut out. So T- Terrence Mann, he'll use situationally where he'll throw him in for a defensive possession. Um, although that was the possession, they got beat back door after the Trez made free throw. Um, Reggie Jackson, he's basically cut out of the rotation, played five minutes tonight, didn't play in the second half. Landry Shamit at 11. I think that's, I think I- I'm with you though. I- I've been saying this. I, I think they got to go to eight and a half guys. Mm-hmm. Y- you go with the starters plus Lou, Trez, and Jermichael. Um, Landry maybe you use situationally. Reggie Jackson has just been awful in in the bubble, specifically in the postseason. I think he should be out of the rotation. Uh, so I, I do think you go with those nine. Um, yeah, again, tonight, uh, Jermichael sprained his ankle, so that's why they went with Trez down the stretch mm-hmm. of that game. But um and I will say to Trez, um, you know, overall he has not been good in the bubble and You know he's been the Boban matchup was really bad for him against Mm -hmm. Dallas. Uh, I think Plumlee and Porter have just attacked the offensive glass on him. Uh, But I will say, defensively, I thought the last like four minutes of this game that he was in, he he was solid. And I think the the one thing that Denver has not figured out yet, or, or one of the things, is how to attack Trez because they were attacking him with Jokic post ups. And to me, that's the one thing Trez is good at defensively is he has a strong base, he has long arms he can defend the post. Mm -hmm. For me, it's dragging him in the pick and roll, making him a backline rotation guy. That's where you can expose Trez. So I think for Denver in game four and moving forward, when when Trez is out there against Jokic, they have to find a way to kind of get him in motion because if it's just stationary, him you know, post defense, that's actually where he can be. Okay.
1: Well, I think Jokic will still win the matchup in the post, but it won't be as dominant as you might think. But, Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm with you. You got to get them out in the pick and roll. And, and you know, like in this game, I, I Jamal Murray in the pick and roll just wasn't aggressive enough trying to get downhill when they would run pick and roll against Trez. And so, you know, I, I think that if you're the Nuggets, you can take advantage of that matchup, but you have to do it in a way that actually takes advantage of it. You can't, you know, Jamal was kind of like telegraphing that he didn't want to get to the basket that he wanted to. Pop out for three, or he wanted to find Jokic for the three. I mean, Jokic took eight threes in this game, so I mean he was looking for him a lot. So I, I do think that uh, if they would have done that, it would have been even more lopsided. But but Trez has not been good. No, he, he no, was no. okay I'm not, you know, for like no, the last no, 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 no. little bit, but yeah, he hasn't really been good. He's one of the guys that I think should be seeing a decreased role. Like Jemichael Green was just better, and you know, obviously he hurt his ankle, but was just better in this game. Uh, Than Trez was straight up,
0: and that's where Jokic's ability to draw fouls, which uh, you know Pat Bev made fun of after the game and, and said he was flailing and, and compared him to Luca. Um, w- while you can take that any way you want, um, you know, at the end of the day, Jokic is drawing fouls, and he almost mm-hmm. single-handedly fouled out uh, Zubots. I think four of the six fouls were on Jokic. Um, he, he got green in foul trouble early. Uh, got a couple fouls on Trez, so like, Jokic is a foul magnet, and I think that really swung this game. Where you know, had Zub been able to, you know, ha- have a f- one or two fewer fouls, and, and you know, could have closed this game. Um, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know what the what the end kind of looks like, but it did. You know, the Clippers did go on that run with Zubats on the floor. Like that was one of the adjustments Doc had made. Was he pulled Trez, brought Zub in for the next three minutes? They tied the game. Actually took the lead. Zoo fouls out, and then you know Denver rallied a little bit, and then it was a back and forth. So I'm with you, though. I think the Clippers. It's been it's really been the starters and Lou. Those have only been you know the, the six guys they can rely on at this point. Uh, Jamichael has been a little inconsistent with his shot with, with his defensive effort, but I do think he's probably been their second best bench guy. But um, I do think I'm curious now that you're kind of seeing this in a postseason setting, like. This was a team that was labeled the deepest team in the league. You you heard that anytime they were on national TV, that they got two six-man-of-the-year candidates, that they have the highest-scoring bench. Uh, Again, uh, Trez and Lou were were finalists for six-man. Trez ended up winning. Uh, But to me, arguably the biggest disappointment of the postseason has been the regression of the bench. And, And I expected it to an extent, but it's been even worse than I expected um, I mean, again, I feel like they, they have six and a half reliable players right now. And that's just, you know, f- for a team that was lauded for their depth all season, you know, guys like Rodney Magruder and Patrick Patterson weren't even playing uh, t- to now have really one and a half bench guys you can rely on. I feel like um, that, that, that is concerning when you look at the, the conference finals or finals, if they get there. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes slashed tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you got to have more than six, six and a half guys. And, and you know, the, the problem is the one half guy on the defensive half, he's giving back more than he's getting you on the offensive end in some of these matchups. So, you know, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Um, I, I think a lot of that, the, the stuff where we talk about X team is so deep or whatever, it, it's a lot of reputational stuff. Mm-hmm. usually it doesn't really exist in reality. And w- w- when you think about role players and how they make a difference, like hopefully they're not making that much of a difference. You know, if everything's going the Clippers way, it doesn't matter what the bench is doing because their starting lineup is just blowing people away. And so that's the issue. They've got to stop the, the slow starts, I think, shorten the rotation, like you said, to the guys that you know can play and, and just worry about what people say about the bench. In the offseason, because it certainly could use some help. I mean, a little bit of uh, extra playmaking off the bench might actually improve this team. And some defense. <laughs> because- defense, defense. Listen, I'll, I'll start small. For this team coming off the <laughs> bench, another playmaker who isn't Lou Williams <laughs> would be big. Which they, they had in Reggie Jackson
0: you right know, before the hiatus. Well- and he was playing out of his mind. Uh, he, he had a 67% true shooting percentage was shooting 45% on threes, which obviously was not sustainable at all, but you know, he, he's still a decent or not. Sorry. He's been a good catch and shoot three point uh, like guy in the corner, uh, but defensively he's just been awful. He's, he's actually probably been worse than Lou. I mean, I wrote in the Dallas series by synergy's numbers. He was the worst defender in the playoffs uh, up to that point through the first like four or five games of the series. Uh, and then you know Lou obviously is, is Lou defensively. Trez has regressed defensively, where he was already average to below average. He's been pretty bad. Um, you know Jamichael's their best defender, and, and Jamichael is fine from like a team defender perspective. He, yeah. he can switch, he, he can defend the post, but like if he's your best defender um, in in these bench lineups, like that's well, a problem. That's, so. See,
1: that's the issue, though. You can't have bench lineups anymore, right? Like oh, I'm totally I'm with you, Paul George <laughs> and, and Kawhi Leonard should just be on the court all the time. One of them, at least it's just, this is the point. doc has doc has staggered them though. It's just been, the, he still plays four bench guys, which right. you just can't do. No, 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 but he, he is, he will still play five bench guys. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the stuff that's probably got to stop. I mean, I don't understand. And I guess maybe we'll see when, when Beverly comes off his minutes restriction. I don't know when that's going to be, but maybe if, if he can play more, then they don't have to go to four bench guys. I, I still don't think you you should have to now, um, but it is weird. I, I just don't understand why why coach with one hand behind your back.
0: And you know, uh, again, um, I think you know Denver has rolled out some some lineups with, with three or four bench guys for for spurts. Um, Dallas did it too, but I, I think the difference is there's been reaction to who's playing well and who isn't Mm -hmm. um and i think you you saw that you know tonight for example where michael porter you know played out of his mind um you know did have some some bad shots Mm -hmm. um that that costly turnover uh where trez got the steal and, and the fouls but um you know 18 points 10 rebounds three steals like he was a impactful guy uh was a plus six off the bench and he played more minutes you know he had been in that kind of 14 15 minute range through the first couple of games and, and ended up playing 23 tonight. Uh, Monte Morris, another guy who, who's played well off the bench. He played 18. The rest of the guys, Plumley only played nine. You know, Craig only played six, mm-hmm. uh, which was a decrease for him. So I, I think one thing I've noticed too, is, is that, you know, against Denver and then against Dallas too, Carlisle would throw out some of these second unit lineups that if they didn't work within a minute or two, he was switching it up and Doc has ridden these lineups, um, you know, for four five, six minutes where, where they just give up the lead um, or, or they're, they're trailing and the lead becomes double or the deficit becomes double digits. And it's like, I just I think there's been not enough proactiveness and, and way too much reaction.
1: Yeah, I I think you're onto something there. Um, Mike Malone does a really good job of rewarding effort in the moment. Effort and playmaking, right? So Michael Porter, you you mentioned he had a couple bonehead plays. He had some really good plays, too. And that's why he was out on the court. I mean, he also had 10 rebounds. He was killing Trez on the glass. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that kind of stuff, when when Malone sees that, he tends to say, hey, we're going to go with this guy. In particular, because Millsap down the stretch didn't really look that great. So that's that's an in-game adjustment that Malone is pretty good at. Now, did he maybe ride him too long? Possibly. But I think you're almost always going to err on that side with a guy like... Michael Porter because of what he's able to bring you, you know, when he does make an amazing play.
0: Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free 2-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/clip and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to get slash clip today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's get slash clip get slash clip. I guess not, not to be too pessimistic with, with like, the Clippers won the game. I think what we're talking about here is more the process over the results. Oh yeah, and in I, terms the Clippers of,
1: are going to win this series likely in five games. Yeah, I, I, I mean I, they are a better team, and so all of my hand wringing over the way that they do it doesn't matter. But it's just that when we're like looking at these games, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out, okay, is this team for real? Like, are they going to win a title? I can't tell you because. I don't think we get to see the real Clippers all that often. And
0: I think another part of this game that was a little frustrating was, you know, to kind of bring it back to the beginning, there was a visible effort switch with this team where uh, again, you know, giving up offensive rebounds, not rotating, not getting back in transition defense, like all these just little things that frankly were the hallmark of last season's team and again, you know, they did change the roster slightly, but there are a lot of the same guys. I mean, you still have Pat, you still have Lou, you still have Trez, you still have Jamichael, uh, you still have Landry, Zoo. Like, you know, a bulk of the rotation of last season's team is still there. And it just doesn't feel like they give the same effort night to night. And, you know, I thought Kawhi and PG, for the most part, were pretty good effort wise. You know, those two are trying, but a lot of the other guys, it was just not always there. And I think that to me is. You know, Doc kind of said it pregame actually, where, where someone asked about them having more effort tonight versus Game Two, and he was just like, "You know, we're in the semifinals; like we shouldn't have effort issues this right. deep into the postseason." And- you know,
1: Lou Williams brought a lot of effort. He on did the bench. I mean, he he had multiple deflections. It just seemed like you know, and with him, I don't think it is an effort thing. Uh, usually, but he definitely had the effort tonight and was rewarded on multiple plays defensively. I thought he was okay, you know, which for Lou is that's a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I also thought PG. I think one of the bigger macro things for the Clippers that that can at least be a positive over the last couple of games has been PG's aggressiveness and assertiveness. Yeah. Uh, you know, tonight, thirty-two points on eighteen shots, uh, twelve of eighteen shooting, five threes, like this is the PG that the Clippers traded for. This is the version of him. I thought defensively defending Jamal and, you know, picking and rolls and picking and pops, um, just, you know, had a couple steals, was active, was, you know, helping, um, you know, did give up a couple offensive rebounds and had a couple breakdowns defensively. But I just thought overall this was the version of PG that the Clippers need to win a title. And, you know, while there were plenty of other flaws in this game, um, you know, I think PG starting to get his groove back would be a positive sign for the yeah. Clippers, clearly.
1: Well, this version of PG is the guy that they brought in so that Kawhi Leonard doesn't have to bail him out in the fourth quarter of every game like he's been mm-hmm. doing in the playoffs, right? So seeing this Paul George a couple games in a row is a good thing. Um, he looked great. What, clearly, whatever he was going through early in the, the Dallas series, he's now over because, I mean, his game this is the Paul George we expect.
0: Yeah. So lo- looking ahead to Game Four and Game Five and maybe a Game Six, who knows? um Is there anything is any adjustment the Clippers you think should make aside from shortening up the rotation? Is there anything
1: maybe defensively they can do against the Jokic Murray pick and pop? I mean, I, I think that for the most part they're fine. You know, again, the the little bit of stuff that. That they're struggling with defensively is, is often at times about effort, um, and then offensively they just need to figure out what kind of team they're going to be. You know, the, the chemistry issues with this team are really really interesting, and we're seeing some of the best Kawhi Leonard passing of his career. I mean he's he's throwing passes I didn't realize he had. Um, so I just would like to see a little bit more cohesive offense. Part of it's going to be guys shooting better but really like the just they've got to move the ball a little bit better to get some better looks from 3. I would just like to see these guys, you know, get a little bit of uh offensive synergy.
0: Yeah, so uh game 2 they had 20 assists and 17 turnovers. Tonight they had 23 assists and 17 turnovers. So turnovers still a problem, but uh, I thought better ball movement for sure from Denver side quickly uh, as someone who does follow the team closely. Do you see them doing any big adjustments for game four? Because you know, game two, they, they did switch up their defense. They, mm-hmm. they loaded up on Kawhi. They were doubling him around the elbow, not really letting him get comfortable in that area. Um, they, they continue that a bit t- tonight, but do you see anything of uh, Denver sleeve?
1: I think, I think they're going to stick with that program on Kawhi. Uh, I also, I like the adjustment that they made, getting Millsap some bench unit runs uh, he was able to really like early on be effective. You know, it, it he fell off a cliff in this game, but in the first quarter, I thought the, the early bench minutes that he was out there uh, were very effective. So I'd expect to see a little bit more of that trying to stay really big when Trez is on the court in particular. Um, maybe they even figure out a way to get bowl some minutes or something, but, <laughs> but they're going to, they're going to work that advantage. It's going to, You know, they saw what Boban did against Trez. And I think that that it's weird to say, but that's kind of a blueprint. Just go big and and hit the glass hard and and at least make them work. So I'd expect to see even more of that.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the pod. Where can people find you on social media and listen to you on The Athletic?
1: Uh, I'm. Basically on every podcast at The Athletic, (laughs) but uh, subscribe to The Athletic NBA show if you haven't already. Um, And if you're if you somehow are a really a Denver Nuggets fan, but you just really like Yovan. So you listen to this podcast. Make sure you listen to the Rainbow Skyline podcast. That's my podcast with Kendra Andrews, where we talk about the Nuggets. And uh, what what was the other thing? Oh, social media is Dave Dufour NBA, where on my Instagram, I've been doing woodworking the last few days. Well,
0: be sure to check that out. (laughs) Uh, As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review. And as Dave said, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic yet, I don't know what you're doing, but you're listening to this pod. So please give us a shot. Subscribe. You can go to theathletic.com slash Google to help out this podcast, help out the athletic and help myself out. So it is a, uh, it's a all around home run, even though that's the wrong metaphor. Um, so (laughs) thank you guys for listening. I'll be back later in the week.